Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back. This is Inside Sources. I am Taylor Morgan, filling in today for Boyd Matheson with Mara Carabello. Uh, Mara, we are talking this segment about military spending. Right. And uh, we have we know that inflation is a real issue, mm-hmm. right? There's a sense there's been some concern expressed that uh, our uh, – Members of Congress, is the House of Representatives specifically with some new funding, uh, are they using inflation as an excuse to hide uh, increased military spending? Yeah, that's right? right. And right now the House of Representatives on track to pass a $37 billion, $37 B- bil- billion, with a B, billion. Uh, increase to the defense budget today. Um, so again, as you suggest, is what what's the reasoning behind that? We have someone from the National Taxpayers Union, so someone who's clearly following this issue. He's the director of federal policy, Andrew Louts. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on, Mara and Taylor. I appreciate it. We also understand. We'll just give you a shout out for joining us today at the airport. Thank you for <laughs> squeezing <laughs> us in. So lawmakers, uh, lawmakers, very specifically in their argument, are saying that uh, when it comes to inflation, we've got to increase the budget. Is this a red herring from your seat? Uh, it is. It is. And, and Mara, I'm glad you actually mentioned the 37 billion dollar increase uh, proposed today. That actually that passed uh, in the House Armed Services Committee. So uh, a, a a defense bill that is $37 billion larger will now go to, to the full floor of the House at mm. some point. But I want to I want to zone in on that on that $37 billion increase, because the big reason that, that you see Republicans and, and some Democrats saying we need to increase the military budget is because the, of the impacts inflation has had on the military. And, and inflation has certainly impacted the military like it's impacted just about everyone else in America. But just 20 percent of that $37 billion uh, increase a total of seven and a half billion dollars is actually aimed at inflation. <laughs> the other eighty percent, almost thirty billion dollars, is just for more of everything: more mm. ships, more planes, more systems, more programs. Uh, buying a higher quantity of things that that has has little or nothing to do with inflation. There's there's a little bit in that increase for uh, inflated construction costs, and that's obviously a very real thing. Inflated fuel costs, uh, more costs. Uh, for for payroll and bonuses for the troops, these are all, you know, in in, in our view, more legitimate, uh, you know, inflationary expenses that are experiencing inflationary pressure. Right. The more ships and the more planes, not not quite as much. Okay, Andrew, I have to ask, how many F thirty fives fighter jets are we going to get with that thirty billion? And what role is Top Gun Maverick playing in this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great question. Well, um, I've, I've seen some people uh, uh, saying in jest that, uh, you know, the Top Gun has, has, has been an excellent uh, in-kind advertisement for, for 
growing the military budget uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I believe the, the Biden budget request called for 61 F-35s, and it, it almost seems certain. Uh, I actually have to go into the granular data of, to, of today's $37 billion increase, but um, it's almost certain uh, that um, – that we're going to see additional F-35s approved on either the Senate side or the House side. And then when, when the two chambers negotiate the bill later, likely later this fall or this winter, we're going to see more F-35s in the budget. And that's despite the fact that, you know, the, the, the plane still can't fly uh, a good proportion of the time. And so that's, um, you know, as a taxpayer group, as a, as a group that tries to guard and watch over how the federal government, every part of the federal government, not just the military, but every federal agency and department is spending your taxpayer dollars. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty concerning that we continue to kind of sink money into that program without asking too often, well, what can we do better? Yeah. And on that, so on face then, it would seem that it does not appear there's an appetite for just making a case that uh, the military needs to be bolstered more. So the sentiment must be, it seems that we have an adequate military budget right now because uh, otherwise we have seen in, in years past that Republicans have gone in with conviction about saying in order to compete, we need to grow the military. Yeah, and for sure, Mara, they're, they're still saying that, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Republicans are, and Democrats, to be fair, are talking right. a lot about, about Russia, about China. And, and I don't mean to diminish, uh, you know, those uh, those nations' governments as, as legitimate security adversaries and potentially threats to the United States. But, um, you know, when when you have lawmakers arguing that we need to sink more money into programs that are failing or that are, are you know, regularly, um, you know, are, are regularly not meeting the mark, not just for taxpayers, but for the military, for the actual personnel who are using the tools and the planes and the ships that that we're, we're sinking this money into. I, I don't think that actually improves our readiness against Russia or China. I think, it, you know, in the long run, it could actually hurt the military. Sure. And, and we have seen recently some real problems with some of the new aircraft carriers, for example, to be specific, uh, that we spent billions and billions on uh, new shipbuilding technology that is still actually, we can't deploy those ships, right? Because that technology is not actually up to snuff, right? There are serious problems. We have hundreds uh, of millions of dollars, billions of dollars in uh, military infrastructure that right now is unusable. What is that playing into this additional spending? I think it is. So um, you'll see uh, if you look at the thirty-seven billion dollar increase that was um, that was approved today. There's one point two billion for um, uh, for for. I'm sorry. There's a couple billion for for additional ships. There's uh, two hundred fifty million for additional shipyard infrastructure and. And again, you know, there's there's often, you know, I think there's often a couple of, you know, sort of boilerplate, you know, standard, uh, almost half-hearted, in my view, attempts to, well, we need to, you know, report to us in six months on 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 how this this additional spending is going, how how you're doing with it. Uh, but there's not often, you know, there's not often a, a pause to say, well, wait, you know, should we actually pull back on some of these programs? And that's why the Biden budget request, the original Biden budget request for this upcoming year, was so notable. They actually did start to do that with the F-35, to go back to the F-35 for a moment. Uh, they said, well, you know, F-35 is not performing up, uh, up to snuff right now. We need to actually pull back on, on some of our procurement uh, of, of F-35s while we try to sort out some of these issues. 
Unfortunately, it looks like Congress is going to reject that message. They're going to say, nope, we need to we need to continue buying F-35s at the rate we were before. And and uh, I worry that that means, you know, uh, for example, F-35 uh, has been having big engine problems. They've been having big problems with their software. Like, I, I'm worried that the more F-35s we buy that are malfunctioning now, that there's more problems that we're going to have to fix down the line. So, Andrew, we only have 20 seconds left, but what are other areas sure. – that you have flagged. I love that you're flagging the defense, but as you say, you National Taxpayers Union is just looking at um, responsible spending. What other areas are you concerned with? For sure. Um, I mean, listen, like the biggest drivers at the end of the day, the biggest drivers of of our debt and our deficits are our mandatory spending programs, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. These are often called the third rail of politics. As you probably both know, they're very, very hard to change. Uh, but uh, yeah. I think in the long run, any ser- serious effort to reduce debt and deficits is going to have to look at that. I would also say on inflation, we need to look even beyond federal spending and beyond the budget. We need to st- start to look at some of the regulatory barriers that are preventing supply chains from being more resilient now. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot that Congress can do that, unfortunately, it's not doing right now. <laughs> Thank you. Andrew Louts is the Director of Federal Policy for the National Taxpayers Association the Union. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Taylor, we're less than a week away from primary elections. They're hot this year. There's a lot of things to talk about. You and I are going to break them down when we come back. Can't wait. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.